All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're just going to go ahead and get things kicked off. Um, my name is Kelly Garrido. I am in digital strategy and marketing here at Great Data Minds. Uh, a little bit about Great Data Minds before we get started. We are a new breed of data collaborative. We're passionate data activists, and I believe we have a staggering amount of experience between our advisors, at least one of which you will hear from today, um, and our resources. Uh, Great Data Minds offers advisory services and solutions around data management, data ops, self-service analytics, agile program management. We never forget about the humans. So we also focus on data literacy as well. Um, in addition to the resources that we have, we also produce a great amount of content um, across a lot of different online channels. We have podcasts, we have blog posts, we do videos, we do live in-person events. And then just like today, we do webinars and online events. Um, so if you haven't already signed up for our newsletter, please do so. This is a great way for you to keep abreast of all the uh, new content that we have coming out and the events that we're going to be holding. Um, so today, we're going to be talking about our Technology Matters series. This is something that was, uh, we were inspired to create because we've heard clients in the past say, oh, the technology doesn't matter. Whatever the solution is, we just need a solution. And here at Great Data Minds, we truly believe that the exact technology that you use does matter. And so today, we're going to highlight our partner, Samarki. Um, who offers a best-in-class XDM solution. So Great Data Mind partners with Samarki to offer solutions and services for standing up or modernizing an MDM program. We can also help to create a minimum viable product solution with Samarki, where organizations can test drive their solutions with their own data. Um, if you'd like more information about Samarki, about our services, you can contact us via our website or you can email info at samarki.com. So some housekeeping items for today as we get kicked into the webinar. Um, we're going to keep our session to 60 minutes or less. We really want to be mindful of everybody's time. Um, everybody on the line is muted, but question and answer and the chat is enabled. So please, attendees, if you have any questions that pop up along the way, please feel free to um, key them in. And then we'll leave some time at the end of the webinar to address them one by one. Um, okay, so on to today's panelists. Uh, the first person I'm introducing today is FX Nicholas. Uh, he is calling in from France. Um, oh, that's another great point here. We have actually representation from three different countries on uh, today's webinar. And so uh, FX is our France representative. He is the co-founder and VP of product um, for Samarki. He brings a ton of experience from the enterprise software world, including being on the Synopsys team that sold their ETL technology to Oracle. No big deal, no small feat. Uh, FX has a robust technical background, excellent communication skills, and above all, style. And FX, we're looking forward to seeing that style today. Thanks. Um, we also have Sean. Sean Hewitt is calling in from uh, Toronto, Canada. Sean brings to the table 20 years of experience working in data governance, privacy, analytics, with several BI industry-leading platforms. Sean is a certified privacy professional and the president and CEO of Succeed Data Governance Services. Sean's team is currently implementing governance and privacy programs for several organizations. And Sean is recognized as a thought leader and we at Great Data Minds are very proud to have him on as one of our stellar advisors. Thank you for being with us, Sean. Thank you. And last but not least, we have Anna Ryder. Anna is calling in from my little corner of the earth here in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Her core work involves building MDM applications to help businesses manage master data across all domains, including customer, product, and location. And here at Samarki, she has been involved in just about every aspect of the business, including pre-sales, professional services, marketing, customer support, and tutorial writing. Um, and in addition to all that, 
I was very happy to see that she is the creator of the blog garlicdelight.com. So she can also help us answer the age old question for me. What is for dinner? So thank you, Anna, for joining us. Thank you guys all for being here today. My soliloquy is done and I will turn it over to Sean and FX for um, some Q&A. Thank you very much. So the, there's definitely been a lot of interesting things happening in the MDM and, and governance space. So I'm very excited to uh, talk to uh, FX and Anna and, and find out what uh, how Smart is is raising the bar in that space and, and how they can help organizations uh, deal with some of the challenges related to MDM and, and governance uh, together because uh, there there is a lot of overlap between them. So. FX, why, why don't you start telling us a little bit about yourself and, and how you ended up in, in, in this space? So that was a long path. It's, I'm going to make this long story very short. So just to give you a little bit of background, I come from the West Indies. So from the French part of the West Indies. And I came to France a long time ago. And one of the first guys I met in France when I was doing in college was Salah, who is actually the founder of, of, uh, of Semarchi. Hmm. And he called me a couple of years later when I was working in another company and he told me, you know, I'm building an ETL product and it's a new concept called ELT, basically reversing two letters to change the data integration world. So we did that big story and then we ended up at Oracle selling the whole product to Oracle. That Now it's called Oracle Data Integrator, by the way. I prefer the old name synopsis. It looks kind of funnier. So having done that, we looked at the market and while we were doing data integration, we also were in touch with the, the, the domains of data quality, metadata management, all these things tend to go together. And there was one corner of this whole data world that was completely untapped. Well, there were some products, but they weren't that good. And it was MDM. So we looked at the MDM market, which was kind of split into two big families, namely the product MDM and the customer MDM. And these were huge, massive stacks, extremely hard to set up, uh, very painful, a lot of project failure. The project failure rate was just like all, awful. Huge, huge. And, and we stepped in and we say, okay, what people want today is not product or customer. They want everything in MDM first. And second thing, we came up with this idea of saying, let's make something that actually works. So that's why we started this whole uh, Semarchi story. And I, and I joined at Semarchi as the VP of product. So I'm in charge of everything concerning the product. So I'm making sure that the product is successful, that our customers also are successful. So I work very closely with our customer success team to make sure that every single customer project reaches target. So just 20 minutes ago, I was in a call with another customer they had a small problem about the product. We got it solved. So, and it's something that we do fairly well. And uh, we try to work very closely in Temachi as a, as a single team partnering with every single customer. So we have very large names, smaller names. We'll speak about them a little bit later. Uh, and uh, my job is really to make sure that the product meets their needs and meets the needs of the market. So it's a very complicated market, I must say. We'll speak about that. It's a very, very complicated market. Uh, however, uh, I think that we're doing so far a very good job uh, delivering our, our, our platform to that market. Excellent, excellent. So that, that's a, a great overview of how you got started. What, how, what does the company look like now? So how have you evolved since, uh, since initiating the company when you started? 
So now the company is, we, we, I don't say that we're a startup because we've been here for a couple of years. So now we have offices in California uh, with some people sprinkled all over the, the, the US territory. We have also offices in France, of course, where I, where I am. And we have a, a large office also in, a, in, a, in the United Kingdom, in, a, in, a, in England. So these are our three main offices. We are starting to get uh, our business on the Asian side of the world. Okay, so we, and having said that, we have customers all over the world. So mainly in the US, in Europe, uh, I go frequently in the Nordics. That's a very good place to visit. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and of course, it's, uh, we, we do have already deployments all over the world. So we have customers that request from us deployments that go from Japan to California and everything in between. So the company is really growing fast and we, we try to keep this very uh, uh, funny mindset. You know, we, we do things seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> so that's, that's one right. thing. So I, I think that I, I almost, I, I must wear a, 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 a real shirt. I mean, not, not a t-shirt, something like once a month. <laughs> Most of the time we are, we are very, we're a very cool company. So uh, today, today uh, we, we do have in the company one single product called XDM. Okay, that's a platform. So, and it's part also of, of the, the vision that we have. Uh, we are not, we don't want to have 10, 20 smallish products that give you very small pieces or small parts of the features that you need for an overall data management uh, project. So, so we, we try to have one single platform, it's called XDM. And I believe that's a big difference compared to what our, the competition is doing. Most our competitors do have several products that they try to link together and make them work together. So they have, for example, right. a data integration right. product, a data quality product, a data modeling product, and an MDM product. So, so yep. you end up with 10, 10 products at least to do one project. And, and especially like how you've integrated the collaboration and governance piece. So that's a huge part of managing master data and quality and, and metadata. And you've bundled all of that together. A lot of organizations manage it separately, but you really need to manage that as one, um, as one program and, and you've created, you've done a great job of creating those synergies between those areas and then and enabling it with collaboration. So, uh, you know, I, I really like what you've done for, on that front. Absolutely. You know what, when, when, when I looked at the product quite recently, we reviewed everything and, and, and I, and I, and I tried to explain in a no nonsense way, what people want to do with data. So if I had to explain to anyone, in a company or even outside the corporate world, what people want to do with the data when they do a data management project in a very large sense, the, the first thing that you want to do is discover their existing data, figure out what's in place, okay? So people put under that umbrella a lot of different products like the data profiling, data catalog, the data discovery. So you have a bunch of products, products under that umbrella, but overall, uh, role of all those products is discovering. Exactly. So the first thing. Once you figure out what's in the sources, then the second step is, what am I going to decide on top of this knowledge? And that's governance. Governance is just, it's about decision making. It's a decision making process, system, organization, based on what you know about your data. Right. This governance piece is important, but you know, it's 
what I tend to say is if you have governance and you miss one of the points that is actual management, you're just missing the point, really. Yep. Because governance yep. is just like, you know, you have a bunch of guys in Washington doing, you know, writing papers. That's good. They're writing papers. If they yep. have no way to enforce these laws everywhere in the country, they're just wasting your time and money, okay? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and a key part of that is just being aware of what it is you're trying to manage in the first place. Right? Exactly. So having those data discovery tools and having them integrated so you can uh, maintain that awareness. So it's not just good. It's not good enough to have a project to document what you have now and then try and define some policies and, and standards around it. You need to maintain that going forward, yes. which has always been a challenge. Exactly. And, and when, when you have them, written somewhere you have to maintain them you have to make them leave exactly. you have to enforce them and that's the piece that most people who are in the governance mindset forget you just right. forget that you need to act on the data and that's pure data management that's what i call the core of the data management mdm if you want to name it that like that it's really managing the data data quality is here uh, match and merge is here collaborating around the data, yeah. workflows, everything is in that management piece. And, so and, doing it, it, and doing it in an agile fashion. Right? In a single platform. Because yeah. the biggest pain that we've seen, uh, and that was, was one of the re reasons for failing a lot of the MDM uh, projects in the past, is that people had to deal with so many complex products to do that, sim that simple function. Right. You know, it was kind of a nightmare. You know, if, if the business was coming to you and was saying, you know what, I made a mistake, you know, a client name should be called customer name. Oh my God, mayhem. You know, everybody was just yeah. like starting to cry in the room. We can't rename one field, it's a nightmare. Come on, that's just one field to rename. Of course, if you have to go through 10 different products to do that, forget agility. Yeah. You need the guy to have signed up for, for the name and his customer name. It's not client name. It shouldn't change in the future because you cannot do that. And right. this, is, this is one piece where we are completely different from most our competitors, simply because for us, modifying, for example, this or adding, deciding that tomorrow your customer needs to have a Twitter account feed attached to it or Instagram feed or whatever, it's just a matter of minutes to get that implemented. And... We, we do reckon that there is one piece that will take you time, whatever, whatever technology you have, the governance piece is going to take you time. You need well, this moment where everybody sits down, yeah. decides, and you need to involve all the business stakeholders and the, 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 the VPs and execs, yeah. and everyone needs to agree around the fact that a customer is a customer. Once this is made, which is 80% of your time, you know, making right. decision making, then implementation, actual management setup should take 20% of the time before it was taking 200%. And that was the, the pain because you were pushing back, you know, on, on, on enhancements and requirements. And that goes against every agile principle we have. Yeah, when, exactly. when the PM is saying, no, I can't put that feature because it's going to cost us too much to de develop, you have a problem on the development side because right. the requirement usually is valid. And, and with so many organizations now swapping out uh, applications uh, quite quickly, having something stable like um, an MDM platform in the middle to make it easier to maintain some continuity with your other systems is, is critical these days. So how I, I think 
what you bring is the ability to create that stability by having a, a stable data platform that you could plug other systems into through MDM. Yes, that, that's that's what one of the one of the use cases that emerges around master data management is uh, the cloud. The cloud itself is a um, is a use case for 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 MDM. Let me let me explain that that a little bit more. Uh, we see more and more uh, customers onboarding new applications from the cloud, offboarding applications from the cloud. Yeah, you know, exactly. today I'm on Salesforce, tomorrow I'm on NetSuite, this type of yeah. things. You know, for me, it's like changing your car. You, you may want every six months or three years to change your car. You're not gonna change the family that's in the car. Okay, you still keep your kids and wife and everyone. Yeah, or, or, or changing your phone and just restoring your data and onto your restoring phone. Restoring your data. That's exactly yeah. the same thing. And, and yeah. the fact is, if we take the analogy of your data or your family, it's this is your data. You don't want to change exactly. that. You want to change everything that's around. The car is going to be brand new. Everything, the color is going to be different, but you still have the same data to take care of. And you want that data to be preferably in the same shape. Right. Okay, if it breaks if it breaks up in the process, it's not good. So that's why the cloud itself and the fact that people put applications up and down like that so fast, because when, when you look at uh, when I when I started, you know, the 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 in, in, in IT, it was something like 25 years ago, setting up an application, onboarding an application, offboarding an application was a matter of you know month and year. Today yeah. every every guy in a department is able to open a Salesforce instance and here we go. Or, or open an application on an, on an Azure cloud and get started. And, and it creates a lot of additional data risk and, and the importance of standardizing that data and, and MDM platforms like yours help facilitate that task. Exactly. And I believe that it's kind of an extension of the, of the use case that we had a little bit in the past around uh, data migration and another use case that was uh, uh, M&A. We were, we were pitching, you know, five, six years ago, MDM around, you know, when you will onboard a new application, you need to migrate the data, blah, blah, blah. And we were also pitching a lot around M&A. You know, if you have master data well organized, when you start hire, uh, buying all the companies, you need to bring in their data. If your data is already well organized, you just ask them to comply with that format and they fit in. Mm. You know, and and that, that was one of the big reasons, you know, six years ago now, Cloud has changed basically the whole the whole pattern, right? And it's really right. an interesting thing. But by the way, it's cloud. We we've been embracing the cloud entirely because it's something that our customers have pushed us uh, to do. So so now at Samarchi, we we are big advocates of clouds like like you know Azure and AWS and also Google. So we we work we made sure, and that's really one thing that we 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 were really uh, conscious of quite early. We made sure that our platform runs equally on-premises, on the cloud, well, on any cloud you want. And that for us, the cloud is not actually, a, it's not a, f a feature or an option. It's just like something that you must have, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really, it's not really, it's not a key differentiator. It's just, yeah. it has to be here. It's like having Wi-Fi at home now, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it, you, when it, you enter, when you enter an, a hotel, you, you're not yeah. asking where is the Wi-Fi? Do you have Wi-Fi? You just, you just flip your phone open and you expect the Wi-Fi to be here. Same yeah, thing for the exactly. cloud. That's a so, so, so it sounds like you're doing some very cool things within the MDM space. So, so what is the vision for Samarki, and, and uh, wh where do you see the company going in the near future? So, 
the, the, the idea that we have is to have a full, fully integrated end-to-end -end platform from your MDM initiatives, from, for your data management initiatives. We call that platform the intelligent data hub platform. So it starts with, with the discovery piece, okay, to discover your data, the governance piece to have decision made on that data, right. the management piece, the integration piece, because integration coming from the, the, DI, the data integration world, I know that it is a big thing. You know, DI is very expensive on a project. It taxes yes. a lot of project yeah. in terms of resources. So there is the management, the, the integration piece, but also one piece that is frequently completely ignored, it's the measurement piece. So what I mean by measurement, if you look at it, when you do some type of uh, data management project, any data project, you don't do data for the pleasure of doing data. You don't do data quality to have a clean set of customer right. record. The only goal to do data management is to ha have some business value. So for example, and yeah. when I'm doing a customer MDM, it's you know to, to serve better my customers, to enhance my cross-sell, upsell. This is why I'm cleansing my customer database, okay? To make sure that I'm not sending yeah. useless emails and mails. They, there is a business reason for doing that. Yeah. Okay, and it, everybody it, agrees it, on that. The way the, the way I explain to, to a lot of my clients is that there's risk in the data. Either the risk is undermining the value of the data or the risk is related to security and privacy. And if we didn't have that risk in the data, we wouldn't need to manage it. It would just be there and we can do whatever we want with it. But because of that risk, we need to do the things that you're talking about. And then we need help doing it because as the nature of data changes and the volume grows, we, we can't do it without these tools and the tools have to get more uh, integrated and, and sophisticated to, to help us or we become overwhelmed. Yeah. And one thing that, we, we, that matters at that stage, you need to measure it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> when you've done yeah. the initiative, when you reach a certain point, a milestone, and that's, I tend to say it's data about data. It's, it's, you have to measure the, 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 the business outcome of your data initiative. Because if right. you've done some data quality and it has some business impact, then you can measure it. If a rule has no business impact whatsoever, then you can decide to discard that rule. It's it, useless. Exactly, exactly. If a system has no value because it brings no, no value to the, out, the, the, the end data, just ditch the yeah. system. It's just here to please someone. Just throw it away. You know? it's, exactly. And, and, we have to be able to measure the impact uh, of these the, these governance, the policies and standards and, and things that we're implementing to make sure that we're getting the results that we want. Exactly. And, and the, the idea that we had was having this end-to-end -end from discovery to measure and everything in between available to, to users. And what we saw over the years is that we have seen a big shift from a, a, a domain, a data management, a, a whole domain that was around a pool of users that we are rather technical or data literate, you know, architects and uh, first from the IT side. And as we move forward, we saw more and more people from being data experts, namely the data stewards. And then now we see more and more people who are just from the business side. And believe me, it is excellent. <laughs> so it's a, it's a pain to hear that Be being a technical guy, I would say, oh yeah, these guys, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, they know what they're talking about because they right. know the business outcome. They know what they want to achieve yeah. in terms of money. That's it. So they're right. By, by default, they're right. And right. having them on board, making sure that they remain on board, 
It's something that we want to achieve with the platform. Having a platform where you can quickly respond to their request and, and implement their requirements, that's one thing. Having a platform where they can see and measure the business outcome, that's a second point that's important for us. And the third point, and I, I do not underestimate it, it's a platform that's pleasant to use. And this is one thing that I believe, I read once a, 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 a paper, they were saying that basically most of, the, of the, the decisions made on software products were now made just on the appearance, not the actual right. features, oh, sure. that's pleasant right. to use. Because yeah. when, you know, look at, you know, look at that. When you have this thing in your hand, you come back to that thing all the yeah. time. You open it and yeah. again and again and again. And you, you, you go on reading this, the same things that this, this thing serves you because it serves it in such a nice and pleasant way and appealing way that you want yeah. to come back. And, and, and we, we want people to use the interfaces that they're comfortable with. So we don't want to create something that's too technical for them. And we want to get the most value out of the information we have there. So if we can expand that to a broader audience where data consumers are accessing a business glossary or a data catalog or report catalogs, things like that through that same tool, it just increases the value and the ROI that they're getting. Right? So it's very important. Exactly. And, and, and adoption, and, adoption as a whole is, is very important for these tools. And you mentioned a word that's interesting. You, you say data consumers. And what we want to, in our vision, what we want is these people who are data consumers, just, just watching the data, we want them to, because they are in a system that's very efficient and appealing and pleasant, they will come in front of the data and not simply be consumers. We want right. them to become what we call champions so we exactly. want them actually to get involved with the data because it's here it's like facebook you know you 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 just read facebook at a certain right. point you want to like and after a certain moment you want to share and you want to post that's one thing and yep. it's exactly the same the same principle you well, see the data something is wrong i'm going to act on the data i'm going to report yep. the problem i'm going to help fix it and that's the idea we want this to be so agreeable that you, you almost want to use it as much as you want to use, you know, your, your, your favorite social network. If possible. And, and we want to, we want to collect that collective intelligence, right? That collective knowledge around the data to help others understand how to interpret it. So building up increased data literacy and, and sharing that knowledge is critical. Absolutely. Okay. So, what would you say it has been your biggest client success to date? Oh, we, we have a bunch of them. There are a couple of them that come to my mind because they're they are funny to mention. One of them is Chipotle. So they, they, are, they are well known in the US. I, I don't think I've ever seen a Chipotle restaurant in, a, in, in, a, in France. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but however, that's a very interesting story. It's a true story. Once the, a top exec at Chipotle is in New York, for vacations, okay? Imagine that. The guy is in vacation in, in New York City, and then he picks up his phone, connects to the Chipotle app, and looks for the closest restaurant to bring his family to. And guess where the restaurant was, was staying? Nobody guesses. It's very hard to, to believe that. It was in the middle of the Hudson River on the map. Yeah. So that's a master data problem, okay? Right, so imagine right, exactly. the result, you know, that's yeah. Basically, nuclear explosion, the CEO got lost in New York, couldn't find the Chipotle restaurant, what happens? And they realized that they had this type of simple problem like 
if customers can't find the restaurants, how do we, we want to make money out of a restaurant? Very right. simple thing. And they started their project like that, starting by doing location data. And that's very simple. Just a list of restaurants with precise addresses. Then they moved on products, suppliers, menus, and so on and so forth. And if you think about that specific use case, this is a restaurant chain that is managing menus and locations as the first intent. Okay? It, yeah, and yeah. It, it's far away from customer product as we had, you know, exactly. eight years ago. And this is this one is an interesting one because now, now they, they are quite successful well in the data management space. It's, it's an interesting one. Another one that pops into my mind is um, BAE system. BAE system, it's the, it's the, it's, they are based in the United Kingdom. They are one of the biggest, um, uh, well, they, they build, uh, Fight, fighter planes, you know, the, 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 right. the big oh, warplanes. Yes, yes. They're a little yep. bit like uh, Lockheed Martin or, or Boeing. Or right. the US. Right. So these guys, they got a massive fine by the US government simply because they sold a little part somewhere they shouldn't have been selling, you know, like some country that was blacklisted by the US. They ended up selling that small part and they got caught. So they had this massive fine simply because they, could not, they were not governing properly all their small parts that were in their planes. Right, right. So now what they built, they built a master data management system that into which they manage every single part. So they know, they know exactly which parts are in the planes, where they can sell them, what are the restrictions from the, the they basically govern these parts. Right. Before they were managing them for product, for production purposes, which is fine. And then they have to manage them with a certain amount of legal perspective. And that's what they have. And it's, it, this is also an interesting hub because it's not a, a very common one. It's not like customer's products. And it's a, it's a very interesting one. And another one that's quite funny for me, because this one, this one really is a good one. It's, it's called VIP. So VIP, it's Vermont uh, Information Processing, I believe, the, the name of the company. What they're doing is they actually are selling uh, beer. <laughs> so they, right. they are collecting, they, they are aggregating information about 50% of the beer makers in the US. So that's quite a lot, okay? You guys are yeah. fond of beer, I know that. So there are plenty of microbreweries, major breweries, and they collect all these data, 50% of them, okay? So they take the brands, they take the pictures, and actually their suppliers send them all the information and upload that info directly in the data. Right. So the guys who ship the data, they are not, they know beer, they don't know data. Yeah, exactly. To make it simply, simple. Yeah. So they send all this data, they aggregate all the data so that then they have on the other side, a clean catalog of all the, 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 the beers in the US. And right. they actually resell beer, so that, that, that's, their, that's their, their, their job. So it's a, it's a very interesting, interesting uh, thing because what they're managing is a catalog of, of alcoholic beverages. So this, this one is, is rather interesting. So we have, we have an, a bunch of other customers. I, I can name a couple of them, like, uh, like uh, Sanofi in pharma industry or even in, in the banking industry, folks like the, the PIMCO based in New York. Uh, we have AIS also, that's an, another American brand. Oh, there is one that's very interesting in, a, in, a, in the Nordics because I, I remember that I, I met them recently. They are called Fortum. So Fortum, they are doing, uh, re they're a recycling company based in Finland. 
I didn't know them. You probably don't know them because you've never heard right. the name. When you arrive in, in the airport in Finland and you arrive in Sweden in the airport, you have massive billboards written Fort Num on them. And it's just like, they, they, they're quite big down there. So I, last one, I, I swear I'll stop after this one because I can speak about customers for ages. Uh, one that is interesting for you because you might have a pair of shoes from these guys. They're called Red Wing Shoes. Red Wing Shoes, okay. famous brand of American shoes for workers. Okay, right. they're using XDM for two things. So customers B2C, so which is basically the, they're managing their customers and the relationships with their customers in there in, in, a, in an MDM and also financial hier hierarchies. Okay, that, and that's, that's interesting because they are targeting more and more things. One thing that we realize with our, with our, with our customers is, is that they start on one domain, namely the one that is the most painful Piece, okay, yeah. usually customers or products, and then uh, our platform acts a little bit like a virus, you know, <laughs> because you start with products, you end up with customers and everything in between, and the sites and right. the location and all the employees and the financial hierarchy, because simply all the master data is interrelated. So it when is, you start pulling is. one master data, another one comes in and comes in, and the thing that happens all the time is when you start to have one domain that's successful and you have a business, valid business outcome for something that you did on customers, the guys from product show up and say, you know what, I've got some work for you. And what I, what I usually tell my, 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 my customers when they get started on their MGM journey, I tell them, you never know where, you, where you're gonna end, that's the first thing, and you have the best job of the world. Because right. if you are successful, everybody will come at your door knocking and say, can you help me please? Yeah. There's and a huge the yeah, it's a huge ripple effect. So once you clean up that space and you've mastered your data, it makes everybody else's job easier. And for companies who want to monetize their data, they have to invest in, in, in master data management. Absolutely. And, and, and quality management governance. All of, the, all of the things that you're offering, they need to invest in. And, and having that in one platform is huge it's a, a huge strategic advantage absolutely so so where where do you see smarky going from here what's what does the future look like for you oh uh bright <laughs> <laughs> oh that's no we 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 from from the the company development perspective we are really look we we are hitting some very good milestones these days so uh last year and we are continuing this year we've been uh in the magic quadrant from Gartner, we've been in the Forrester wave. So we're moving up and up and up. You know, it's oh, a slow steady progress, as you know, steady progress. We are, we are, you know, we are taking over some com some competitors and we take the, the oh. we're not in the first place, but soon. you're raising the bar for sure. <laughs> so we're making things more difficult for them. So that's the first thing and sales, sales, same thing. We, we're growing on that side. Uh, the, the way, the way I, I, I'm seeing the company is we really want to have a full, platform that covers everything. So that's the, the thing product-wise that we want to do. And we want at the same moment to democratize this whole MGM, uh, I don't like the word MGM, this whole data hub concept. So the idea that we have for the future is to have anyone, anyone in a, in a department, in a company being able to open a SMR sheet, probably on the yeah. cloud, push the data in, get the data managed. It's exactly like everybody in individual department is able to open a Salesforce instance and start putting sales 
things in there. We want exactly the same thing for master data. So that, that's one thing that we, we really want to achieve. Right. And on that path, there are a couple of technologies that we have to embrace. So we, we, we have had in the past, you know, quite a lot of, uh, of buzzwords and technologies showing up. So we look at the technologies in a very, um, not suspicious way, but in a very cautious way. You know, <laughs> obviously, that's strange to hear that from a vendor. We don't read in the first technology that comes in. We've seen big data. That's a commodity now. We've seen graph databases. They are here for some use cases. They work fine for some use cases. We see now AI, so that's the new big thing, you know. Uh, there is yep. also data catalog that Gartner defines sometimes as the new black. You know, data catalog is the new black. Right. Everybody exactly. wants data catalog, you know. And yeah. and we, we tend to be cautious with the technolo these technologies because one thing that we, we, we want to do is provide that whole platform that allows you to manage your data properly because we know that the foundation for every single data initiative is the data. You know, exactly. Exactly. 15 years ago, we were doing business intelligence decision-making systems, and we were saying, garbage in, garbage out. Everybody knows this sentence. If you put garbage in a, a BI decision-making yep. system, what you get is garbage out, and you won't be able to, to, to make accurate decisions. Nowadays, we have machine learning. Wonderful. That's a superb tool. It's a wonderful tool. It, it's still garbage in, garbage out. Exactly. And in addition, exactly. in between, you have a garbage system that you've trained to, to be garbage, to be bad. Yeah. So, so, the, the, so uh, data uh, management quality governance makes sense here too. And people will need data governance, data quality, data management anywhere they are actually using data. And machine learning is the super way of using data. It's the, the, the next, next generation way of, money, of using the data. You still need high quality, highly managed, highly governed data for that. And it's not going to change. So that's why... I, I believe that we are ex on, the, on the right spot because everybody will need data at a certain point, sooner than later. And, we're and, just and they, they don't just want data or need data. Every organization I meet with wants to become data-driven. And what you were talking about is the foundation for becoming data-driven. As you mentioned, it, in order to, have, to get value from AI, to get value from predictive modeling, to, to get value from even just a simple report, you have to manage that data appropriately and including privacy. So just from a privacy management perspective, having that view of the data and having it mastered is a huge advantage. Exactly. You know, GDPR has been, GDPR in Europe, you know, it's a general protection for, 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 for the, the private data, personal data, has been a huge, uh, a huge push for, for master data management and every single regulation that shows up and you have the same one showing up in the US and in, in Asia, they have also, it's emerging because as the value of data appears, machine learning makes you do magic with the data, okay? But when people see that, they tend to push for more regulation around the data, which ends up on the company's desks and right. they have to cope with that. So and at a certain stage, Everybody would have to manage data. It's uh, <laughs> it's it would it would happen eventually. It, well, and and yeah, especially with the push for federal privacy regulations in the United States mm -hmm. now as well. It's going to happen there soon. So getting your data in order as early as possible is is, is very important. Right. It's so, a, 
Yeah, very exciting stuff, and I can't wait to see where where you go next. And uh, uh, thank you so much for uh, for sharing. Yeah, that was great, guys. Very, very interesting conversation. And so, you know, you've talked a big game here, FX. I think it's time to let Anna show us a little bit uh, about the platform. We'd like to take a, a little cruise through and and see see what it looks like in action. Go on, Anna. Great. Sure, let me share my screen. Hi, everyone. I'm going to be going through the demo of XDM. Let's see. Are you all able to see my screen? Yes. Wonderful. Okay, great. So this is an introduction to XDM. We're going to be focusing mostly on the customer B2B application today, mostly because it's very intuitive and it's got a lot of the features that I think would be very interesting for folks to understand based on the introduction that FX gave. But just as a high level overview, you can see this is the welcome screen where we have many different applications all within one platform. So as FX was mentioning, it's not just customer, it's not just product, it's a single data hub that can encompass everything from products to customers, to governance, to reference data management location, as well as even some more um, specialized domains such as specifically for pharma or insurance or life sciences and so on. So let's jump in. And uh, as we're waiting for this to load, you can notice that we're actually hosting this in the cloud on AWS. So as FX was saying, you know, we see the vision as being, you know, going to cloud, but of course we still have a lot of uh, organizations, uh, customers that are on-premise, especially with uh, the finance folks who feel like, you know, they're moving, tiptoeing into the cloud that they're not fully in yet. So we support both on-prem and in the cloud, same product. So when you first look at this uh, customer application, we can see that you know, we've got some dashboards. And so this is a great way of interacting with XDM to see a high level overview of the data. And so let's take a look at what kind of dashboards. Here, I'll minimize my, uh, sorry, zoom out a little bit so you can see a little bit more. So we have a high level overview of the nature of the data. So as we're dealing with companies, we can take a look at, you know, what are some of the different revenue bands of the organizations we're doing business with? Um, we can, you know, hover over and learn a little bit more about them. We can even click through and actually take a look at the data um, and, and really drill in to see what's underlying these dashboards. Uh, we can take a look at data quality, which is critical when you're dealing with um, how robust are the, the source systems and how can we clean that data and make sure that it is meeting the KPIs that the business has. So we can see here, you know, there's a chart that notifies us of, you know, what are the values that are missing? And so do we need to go back to the source system and understand, you know, what's going on there that's causing this discrepancy or perhaps is this something Thing our business users could take action on to fix inside this data hub. We can also take a look at the matching information to look at the um, efficiency of our match rules as we're trying to deduplicate data. And so this is a great way for us to get an idea of, you know, how well are our match rules performing. So we can see, for example, maybe, you know, these four rules, this phonetic match name rule is not performing as well that's a rule that perhaps we need to tweak or we need to just get rid of altogether. So let's move on to some of the tasks that you might wanna do in a data hub. And that includes searching for data. So as you can notice already, 
we have a material, material design UI UX, and that's taking advantage of the Google research that they poured millions, maybe even billions of dollars into to make sure that they have the best user interface for the web. And so if this looks like or reminds you of a Google application, that's why it can look a lot like an Android phone application to a lot of people. And we base our user interface on that design uh, UI UX standard that Google has set out as being the best practice for a good user interface on the web. So let me just, you know, take a quick uh, search for a company that we know we have, Chevron, and we can see we've got a couple of uh, contacts of people who work there as well as this organization, Chevron. And we can learn a little bit more about what this organization looks like and uh, have what we call a 360 degree view about this account Chevron that we might work with. So we've got some basic information about the organization. If I click here, uh, we can take a look at some of the metadata and data governance, right? So like Sean was talking about having that one single location where we're managing all of this data. So we've got a little bit of, you know, uh, metadata information about this revenue uh, term. When I click here, we can actually go to the data governance application where we can find out what is the definition of of this business term um, and you know who's defined it who's approved it all of those things that the business might care about as they're cataloging their data and building a data dictionary or business glossary so we're seeing you know this is all integrated in one place in the data hub now let's go back and see what other information we have about this customer. Uh, we might know some of the location information. Uh, we can also see, you know, what is the input address? And then what is the cleanse version based on enrichment, right? So talking about, you know, that Chipotle example that FX mentioned where we need a way to cleanse and standardize data to make sure that the address information is correct. And so in this case, we're actually calling directly out to Google Geocoding API, which is the same information that drives, you know, Google Maps on your uh, navigation um, application on your iPhone or on your Android phone to figure out, you know, what is the cleanse version of this address. Uh, we might have some contact information, let's say from the CRM, uh, we could have you know, um, a bunch of different information from, again, either CRM or finance, like um, invoices. And then let's take a look at the master data, which really comes to, you know, the heart of the matching, merging, and deduplication. So what we're seeing here is the uh, source systems that have contributed multiple records that define this Chevron customer and how we might interact with them. So what you're seeing here are five source records and they're coming from three source systems. And the reason is because we've got CRM here three times. So we've got some duplicate data, right? Maybe our um, CRM system is not perfectly clean. Uh, we've got a record from finance and a record from support. And so this is a very common situation we see with a lot of our customers who have um, all of these systems where they're going to have duplicate data, right? It's almost an inevitable part of life. And so what we're able to do in the data hub is have some match rules where we can take logic we see, uh, sorry, uh, after the data discovery process, we can see, you know, we've got this duplicate data, we can go back and ask the business, okay, what should this customer look like, translate that into business rules as we model out this customer data hub, and then have those match and merge processes in an automated fashion, actually match and merge these Chevron records together. And so we've got these master records that then produce this one golden record. 
right? And on top of that, we've got some data quality going. And so that's what you're seeing here with, you know, that company name and normalized company name where we're taking that original source system name that maybe a sales rep typed in and we're actually able to, you know, cleanse that a little bit by making everything uppercase and in fact stripping out that corporation piece of it, that business type. And that has a lot of benefits, including it helps with standardizing the data across the enterprise, as well as uh, facilitating matching and merging, because when you've got a really clean, normalized name there, it becomes a lot easier to match and merge as well. Okay, uh, last thing I'll walk through is, you know, hierarchies. Any good data hub has to be able to support a lot of different hierarchies, and we find that to be a critical use case across most of our customers. And so in addition to, you know, being able to search and take a look at the nature of the data, you want to be able to manage it and categorize it correctly. And so we are able to also support having different hierarchies. And so, you know, let me show you an example of Berkshire Hathaway here where, you know, this is uh, situation. As we know, Berkshire is a holding company, and so they have a lot of subsidiaries underneath them. And so in addition to supporting, you know, fixed hierarchies, ragged hierarchies, um, self-referential hierarchies, right, with a self-join, we're also able to define very complicated hierarchies where we can have um, multiple hierarchy definitions side by side. So you're not locked into just one definition. So maybe you have the Dunn's legal definition, you know, of legal entities, uh, but then maybe finance also wants to take their version of the uh, their version of their hierarchy based on, you know, however they do reporting and we can define that side by side. Okay, so I know um, my demo was uh, allotted 10 minutes and I want to make sure we have time for Q&A. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, wrap it up here. And if there's any more questions, we can, you know, dive further into the data hub. Great. Thank you so much for that, Anna. This is wonderful to be able to see the technology in action. Um, we do have a couple questions that are coming in. Uh, yeah. One of the questions that we have, and this is kind of open to any of our panelists today, is that um, it's an anonymous question. It says, many of our clients are working with Informatica. Do you see your solution eventually replacing that technology? FX is already laughing. <laughs> That's a great question, great question. Great question. Well, depends, depends which product in Informatica you mean. <laughs> there are dozens of them. Well, uh, we, we do compete directly with the MDM products from Informatica. They have, I believe, three or four different MDM products, okay, for specific use cases. So, yes, we, we have cases in customers who have actually replaced uh, their Informatica instances by SMRG instance. Having said that, there are a lot of interesting products also in the Informatica portfolio, like the data integration product uh, power center. We work fairly well. Some of our customers bought a SMRT uh, version, and then they already have Power Center for data integration. So they, they, they use Power Center as a way to integrate the rest of their ecosystem with a, with a, a data hub. So that, that's something that we work fairly well with our, some of our competitors' products uh, because they're already in place. I mean, the, the data integration, as I mentioned, it's part of our platform, but if we I want to work with the third party product that provides the same capabilities, we can. Because the core is really the governance and data management. Integration is something that goes around. You know, so we work fairly well with our competitors' products, Informatica included. And if need be, yes, we can replace them. No, no, no big deal. Okay, nice. 
Um, all right, thank you for that answer. And so we have another question, a question coming from Julie. It says um, that she is seeing a lot of her clients moving to GCP based on their AI capabilities. And you've talked at length about um, ML. Uh, so in, you know, I, I know, you know, we see sometimes uh, we had actually an interesting conversation yesterday about the positioning of AI and ML when it comes to Google. Um, so do you guys have anything in the future planned with Google? A uh, couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> so first thing for, for us, uh, there are three big platforms for cloud. Okay, the, the bigger ones, namely Microsoft Azure uh, in, in, a good, in a good order. It's Microsoft Azure first or Amazon just behind or they're, they're struggling. Okay, and then there's Google. Okay, uh, Microsoft, Amazon and Google. These are the three big guys for cloud platforms. So we, yeah. we want to support the three equally. That, 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 that's the first thing. So for us, they are not an option. The three must be here and must be at the same level of features. So that's for having Samarchi running in your GCP. That's something for us must have. It's a must have. Then integrating with the, the Google machine learning um, system or integrating with the Amazon machine learning systems and it's really equivalent. Microsoft is a little bit behind, but they already have also some technologies around that where they, they give you pre-canned machine learning systems that you can basically train a little bit more to make them fitting perfectly your needs. Okay, that's what they, they're doing. And it's a perfect model. And the way we integrate with that, and we have a great demo about that for, for example, using an example using Amazon, it's using their API every single uh, machine learning system that runs on their farm, server farms has got an API so that you can send an image and it sends you back what is on the image. You send the text, it sends you back a translation. You send, uh, you send an address, it sends you back a clean address. And all these things can be accessed through APIs. So we have already uh, in XDM this notion of uh, plugin enrichers, plugin validations, plugins in general, that allows us to extend the capabilities of the core platform to leverage those external data providers. And that's how we work today with Amazon, with Google. For example, the translate, we have it. So we have customers, for example, entering product names in English, and all of a sudden the product name is translated in Spanish, French, whatever funny language you want to sell uh, with. Okay, it's, and it's all automated. We have also people using services like Dun & Bradstreet services. We even have people using Amazon recognition. Recognition is a great uh, API for uh, image recognition. You send an image and it tells you whether this, what is on the image, whether there's nudity. And this is extremely interesting when you have, for example, I'm giving the example of this, this customer in France called La Redoute. They receive catalogs from their, their suppliers and they resell. They have a marketplace that they resell these, the content of these catalogs. So catalogs appear, are sent with images, texts. They need to analyze this, making sure that there's nothing dangerous that they might publish. So if someone right. sends you by mistake, for example, an image that contains Unity, of course, you want this to be flagged automatically by the machine learning system. You want the data stewards to review that. And as a human being decide whether this makes sense. If it's a, if it's a, a bath suit, fair enough. There might be a little bit of nudity, but not too much. You know, if you're selling, for example, beer, beer kegs, nudity might be a little bit more 
uncommon. And the system, the, the machine learning system can be used within Semachi to, for example, flag, flag, flag images and tell you, you might want to review these ones because if they send you, you know, thousands, millions of images every day, there's no way that you're going to screen them <laughs> manually. So you want machine learning system to script, to pre-screen them and then a human being to review and approve basically. And this is where, this is where this whole machine learning discussion is very interesting because if you look at it, this is, I believe the optimal way of using machine learning as a way to assist the human being mm -hmm. in the very tedious, lengthy tasks, you know, that can be automated that way. But at the end of the day, decision belongs most of the time to the human being. You still need a brain to for most decisions. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, all right, guys, we have time for one last question. It's, it's along the lines of Google, along the lines of different connectors. We have a question coming in from Sanjay. He's asking, do you have any connections um, with Google BigQuery? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was easy. Nope. <laughs> no, yeah. we, no, actually, we, uh, Samachi is, is using uh, as the database storage three database technologies that are namely Oracle, SQL Server, or PostgreSQL. So it's a choice of the three. We don't use uh, BigQuery. We, we are not tied in that sense to Google because BigQuery is Google and only Google, whereas the other technologies that I mentioned can run on GCP, Azure, or, uh, or, or, or uh, sorry, or AWS, if you want. So you have the choice. So we try to take technologies that run everywhere and we don't bind ourselves with one single vendor like Google. So okay. that's, that's one of the big reasons for not taking uh, the, this great technology, by the way. Yeah, okay. All right, well, that wraps us up, uh, that wraps us up guys. Thank you so much, Sean and FX and Anna for sharing your expertise um, in this conversation. I know I personally have learned uh, so much more than I knew um, before about XDM. Um, we will follow up with an email that includes a recording um, of this webinar to all of the attendees that we have. Um, so everybody can kind of stay tuned for that. We'll share some contact information for everybody as well. Um, and we thank you from Great Data Minds for joining us today.